Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Hello. Now, when I play this music that's about to come up, you know there's something wrong in the world. What the world—it's true. Needs now Sing it, Bert. Is love, sweet love. Mm. It's the only thing that there's just. I'm sorry I'm in this type of mood, but Seth, I'm glad you're here tonight. Hey, man. How you and your... What are, what are those things on your head? You like my braids, man? Braids? Yeah, they're braids. Are you sure you're not trying to get that that girl who sits behind you in class to tuck on them a little bit? At like Because she's shy, you know? And actually, she's got an attitude problem because the last time she opened up to somebody... Her father. Like, she didn't really get a good response. He was very closed off. So she's got this attitude about her. It's kind of a front she puts on to keep the world away, the world at bay. And I think the only way you could get her to like you is to give her an opportunity to pick on you. So are you going for her? Hey, well, things have changed a little bit, but I'd be okay with a little bit of tugging on the braids. No, but you seriously do have two braids <laughs> yeah. your, your hair on either side. They're not really pigtails. They're more braids. <laughs> I, and I did them myself. No, I'm coming out of the gate with this because, <laughs> um, and this isn't why I'm so sad and playing Burt Bacharach, um, but then you said, oh, you got stretchy jeans. And yeah. you, you thought that's something you could make fun of me for. Yeah, you got stretchy jeans, dude. So what? They don't look like... I know they don't look like it. They look but like... If I had told you, would you have known they were stretchy Never would have known, but you told me. Exactly. And just like me and the pigtails. If I wouldn't have told you, I you like never having known. a full range of motion, man. Like being able to do squats and stuff. <laughs> when are you squatting in here? All the time. <laughs> you just don't know it. Like I'm doing a squat right now. I'm holding the position. <laughs> Every like time going, you drop a pencil. Yeah, going to like hood ornament up here. Like these yoga poses up here. I could do the whole show like this. And tell the, I'm actually yes, doing a pose. Doing He's I'm holding his foot. My left he, leg, I'm putting an arm out. He's got an arm out, and he's balancing on one leg. Kind of looks like an ostrich. Right, and I, this is high risk. And didn't take his pants off. Nope. Full range of motion in jeans. Did it's you, amazing. Did you do it this morning, your yoga this morning in your pants? I, not in my pants, uh-huh. no. No, I do it by myself in my room. So there's no reason for me to wear... I wear my <laughs> boxer brief underwear, which is the better choice. I'm glad that came out. Because when I was a kid, it was briefs. Like a little kid. Okay. You got briefs. Yeah. Like little white ties. Yeah. Exactly. When you're a kid. Mm -hmm. But then as I got into like late middle school, high school, boxers. Boxers. Yeah. And you realize with boxers. They bunch. They bunch. And sometimes if you are moving around a lot, it doesn't give you the, how can I put this delicately? It doesn't give you the support. And you get a wedgie sometimes. Yeah. But the boxer briefs. Perfect. they're, They're enough support. But, you know, you, it's not like riding up on you in the same way the whitey tidies do. I agree completely. Right. And, and so that's what I do my yoga in. 
Oh. There's no reason to wear pants if nobody's watching. It's my own bedroom. <laughs> I'm allowed to do what I want. I was just wondering. I mean, if they're stretchy, I bet they'll last. See, if I stretched it, if I did yoga in mine, I would have more holes than I already do. Right, right. But I've uh, I've forgotten. Here, um, I'm actually not very happy right now. Not about my stretchy pants. I'm actually very sad. The world needs love. Because I... um. I've been on the Book of Faces for a while now, Uh-oh. and um, I used to be very, very active on it. Mm-hmm. I know in the last year or so, I, I'll post, and I'll put up, because I am a narcissist, selfies on Instagram, Tell me but occasionally more. something um, aggravates me. And this is a dangerous thing in the social media age. Usually something would aggravate you, and I'd call somebody up or the person in front of me. You would yell and scream about it to them, and then you'd talk it out. You're really just thinking something through. But, no, I just reacted, and I made a book of faces post. (laughs) I said that the average ACT score in the state of Alabama is 18. Fair enough. The national average is like 20, which is still like, oh my God. The average ACT score for Montgomery County, where I was born and raised and now and currently reside, is 14 or so. Mm. But I had a question. I was like, is that actually the average score of the students in Montgomery County or the people that run the school system? <laughs> And I went into this whole thing about how it's not technically public schools, actually government-run schools, because, I don't know, this whole idea that it's only in the private sector there's the profit motive. There is the profit motive, but people profit all the time in the public sector. And I'm not even talking about the so-called special interests, the lobbyists, the big corporation who gets the special deal, all that goes on. But there are people who profit off government jobs, and maybe those jobs are necessary. I'm skeptical on the matter, but people profit off this stuff. Anyway, I was a little aggravated. I made the point. I was really mostly wanting to make that a little bit of a uh, a little, little bit of a jab at the Montgomery Public School System because this charter school that I've interviewed folks about. I thought it was going to get going. I thought it was a great idea. The AEA sued. And they won for now in court. Something like that. And then the comments started rolling in. (laughs) But it's the thing that bothered me wasn't an outright negative comment. Like one comment was, you know, charter schools are just a a way for white people to take money and give to white kids. Like, really? Oh, come on. We in Montgomery, man. Well, it just, I think it just so happens that, obviously, the majority of people in Montgomery are black. Yeah. And I think most of the people that went to this open house or this charter that was trying to get open up, well, for at least one of the open houses were black. But at, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, those charter schools, they can't ask what your race is when you apply to them. And if there are more slots... Well, if there are more people who apply than slots available in each class, it has to go to an, a blind lottery. So it goes to anybody who applies, and it's a random choice. And yet, yes, I think most of the people struggling 
in public schools these days who are being underserved by our school system are black. This is not an issue I love to talk about because I like to think, I don't know, people are people. And there are unique struggles, I think, and unique legacies that we're still dealing with. But people are just looking to get ahead in life, give their children an education, all these things. So that comment was like, well, that's a Facebook comment. It's sort of partisan par for the course, especially for Montgomery crap. Like, if you want to, I'm not, my own position is abolish public schooling. What would what would happen if you did that? Well, the price, the cost of schooling would go way down, way down. I think you would get more diverse schools in terms of how they taught, what they taught. I think you would still have like your MAs, your very expensive private schools that prepare you on your path for a top-notch college. But you would also have schools that would go for folks who maybe aren't able to afford it. You would probably have nonprofits. You would have all this diversity in schooling. But I'm not even talking about that. If you simply suggest, hey, let's do public schooling in a different manner. Can't get any worse. You're accused of somehow being a racist. Um. Instead of a, a, a school board overseeing several schools, instead we want to move public funds to a board that can directly oversee one principal, and that principal does all the hiring and firing and the curriculum and all these things. So there's more flexibility in how the school can hire and fire, how they're connected with parents and students. I just think it's a good idea. At least it's an argument, even if you disagree with it, on how should public schools be administered. That's really what the argument is over the the question of traditional public schools and charter schools. That's what it is. Like, how should public funds be administered? And yet you call all sorts of dirty names for doing that. That's the nature of partisan politics, par for the course. Again, that is not why I'm sad. It's not why I'm sad, Seth. Why are you sad? It's the quick judgments people make. This one guy, and he's the guy I actually kind of wanted to come to his defense. Named Michael. I think he's actually a graduate uh, student and graduate assistant and a teacher at Texas Tech at the Free Market Institute. And he says, actually, the ACT average in Montgomery County was 23, not uh, 14. And I was doing the shows, obviously, so I can't just go back and forth immediately. And people immediately started responding, oh, that's uh, Montgomery County, I think in like Maryland or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he immediately admitted, oh, that's my mistake. I grew up in that Montgomery County. I thought that's what Joey was talking about. But people and people I like, people I've met in person, had great conversations with, just immediately kept jumping on him. Like, how could you make that mistake? How dare you? Don't you know where Joey broadcasts from? Bob, I'm like, no, he lives in Texas. He's doing his graduate degree. Like, but we're friends on the Book of Faces because I like his views. And he he immediately was like, oh, simple mistake. And I said that back, yeah, simple mistake. But the conversation kept going. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you've experienced this. What is it about social media where people become so brave? Brave is one word, but uh, uncharitable. When they can get them, when they can stab you, they'll stab you a thousand times. It's because nobody sees you. It's an unfaceless thing. You know, book of faces is just a book of faces without no actual eye contact. Well, you, you don't get tone. You don't get body language. And, I mean, 
one guy messes up one time before he has a chance to apologize, a thousand people jump on him. Well, and this is breaking the fourth wall a bit, but like this whole sarcastic, I'm sad, the world needs love sort of thing. I can't express or do that, at least not very effectively, via text or a Facebook or a Twitter post. I might be able to do it with an Instagram video. <laughs> but, you know. I, should I feel bad? Should anybody feel bad for using Instagram to promote yourself? That's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. Sell your face and the book of faces. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I also think people are on this larger issue of Facebook. When all the data was mined and some companies threw apps. When did Americans become such whiny, whiny babies? When everything became at your fingertips. It's like, wait, hmm, I want to play this app. Or it's like, guess my personality. Uh, you know that few word sentences? Uh, uh, if you accept this app, you approve them to use your information, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Don't hit okay. <laughs> Why don't you go talk to a, a shrink or just talk to your friends about what your personality is like? Maybe some go get in the what is it uh, the isolation tanks or whatever oh. and think about life in silence. Or just the talk float to tanks. Talk to somebody face to face. Have a conversation. Yeah, and it's just um, I don't know what happened to people, but I want to ask you about this because again. Um, and I'm now not sad about the book of faces. I'm. Uh, I got a love thing for you. I'm. I'm sad for you. All right. So um, I want more love in the world. You know this. Oh sure. And we we had our, our van with the dating game on it, and I tried to do it again for one of our uh, fellow sitters that is not here right. for um, uh, Miss Jolly. Oh, you tried the dating game. Yeah, yeah. I tried to help her out with buddy mine. Did it work? Uh, it did not work. I well, think that's what that's, that's just to use a really terrible cliche. That's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? No, <laughs> cookies, different cookies crumble in different manners. But anyway, it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't pan out, man. I tried. I really did. And I, I oh, opened the door and I pushed them through, and then they just floated apart. Oh, it happens. But can't win for losing. So just keep trying. So what do you think of this new like Facebook wants to? Do dating. They're going to give a dating service using the power of this fully operational social media network. We are going to match you, Mr. Spotlow, with your perfect partner. And we say partner because we don't know. And yes, I am. I'm popping my peas. But we say partner because we don't know if you want a man or a woman. I know you said you want a woman, but do you really know? We have the data to really analyze you. It gives me the creeps. Actually, like some of those dating, like I've done the Tinder, Plenty of Fish, even, what was it, Zeusk oh, in college. Man. But um, the ones that get really detailed, like Match, Any Harmony, these sort of things, and it might work. If it worked, it worked, however you meet somebody. But how do you feel about those ones where it's like all these questions? I would think the more questions, the better. But, I mean, there's nothing uh, like when two people talking. You can't get past that. You know, there's a right. thing. And with 
the Facebook and then the tender, the tenders and all that stuff. Those have been little hookup apps, you know. And I'm well, I, Tinder hasn't been a hookup app for me. Thank you very much. Oh, hey man, don't do it. That's who I'm scared. It's man. been a big Turing test. I've said this before, but it's like, oh, hot girl who immediately liked me after I swiped. I can't even remember if it's right or left. Uh, I I liked her immediately. Like me back. Oh, that's a bot. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a bot. All right. Oh, you're just in town for a night. Now you're gone. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. This is worthwhile. This is how we should live in today's world. Yeah. It's no too many STDs. Oh God. Yeah. It's gross. It's man. actually it's true, and that's a real worry. That's the least of my worries. That's gross. If man. I caught something, God forbid. Which I don't because I'm a hermit. Like I do anything. Again, I do yoga by myself. <laughs> uh, th- I think, you, but you would deal with that. Like even the worst of the worst things like HIV. There's now drugs. It would be awful. If I found that out, I'd be a little distraught. And I'm not positive. <laughs> but if you found something like that out, there are ways to deal with it. To me, it's more. Okay, we're just gonna hook up, and then there's that weird awkwardness because it was such a no pun intended bang bang tra- transaction. <laughs> like it just—it's one thing if you meet somebody out in the town, and you've been a bartender, you know how this—you've seen people, I'm sure, yeah. this happen to them, where it kind of just happens organically. Oh, we get talking, we drink a little too much, and oh, uh, and, and then you have the morning after, and it's a little weird, but the. It's almost like up front with some of these dating sites. I guess old Zuckerberg is trying to go the different direction, the the deep compatibility. Okay, you know when stuff first starts out? It never works right. Like within the first week they'll start finding whatever's wrong with it and their people are gonna abuse it and they're oh, gonna, yeah. you know, they're gonna take it to left field when everybody was over there on right field and they're gonna be like, Oh, I didn't see that come shut it down. Yeah. And then it'll come back and then it'll probably never come back again. Yeah, I just uh, I just don't think social media is a worthwhile way. On, on rare exceptions, it's not a worthwhile way of communicating and connecting with our fellow human beings. It's horrible. It's good if you haven't seen anybody since high school right. or you're a thousand miles away. I can talk right. to you right now. I can bug you anytime. But, I mean, you will never get past this right face to face having yeah. a conversation and people the kids that are growing up they're on that all the time they don't know how to deal with this when i was growing up i moved every year so i knew how to make friends mm. all the time and i just always would and that's how i became so friendly i guess but now i mean you can't hold a door or compliment somebody without them looking at you like you're a maniac Right. Like, what do you want? Like, well, I want to be a nice guy, and I want to hold the door for you. <laughs> well, and it's also well, yeah. Well, now you're a white knight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're coming to a lady's defense, but you're coming to that defense a little strong, there, bro. Uh huh. Oh, why are you always uh, talking about the feminism stuff, bro? I see you walking around with that little kid. Are you sure that's your kid, and not your girlfriend? Well, that's like, weird uh, stuff, man. Yes, you do have a daughter. Yeah. Lovely rose. I hate it. I, I mean, but it's, it's true. Weird. It's true. But I mean, that's just it's a weird time. Yeah. Everybody assumes the worst. I don't know. That's why I just don't. I don't go out. I don't blame you, man. Though the, an interesting study came out and it got some press a day or two ago about how lonely 
Americans in particular are. They ask questions like, do you have somebody you feel like you can talk to, have a heart-to-heart with? Uh, Do you see other people and have fun with them? Um, Do you feel fulfilled in life? Like, do you feel like when you wake up in the morning, you've got something that you enjoy doing? And a lot of people, it's something in the 40% range, and it skews higher the younger you get, which is disturbing. And I think some of that is also adolescence. Um, are saying they're very, very lonely. They came up with a pretty complex way of scoring it. Usually when I see those studies, I'm like, how could you quantify something like loneliness? But I think they did a pretty good job. It's based on people's own responses to hundreds of questions. The last thing you said about the happiness, you know, I mean, everybody, they go to school and then they go to college and then they get a job and I I ask them I'm like hey are you happy do you want to do this every day you know because if you're not it's going to suck after a while and I mean and I I mean that's why I'm chasing that myself you know what I'm saying I I want to get up and do my job and enjoy it you know what I'm saying I don't want to get up and hate my job and just do it for the money and sometimes you have to do that you got to to get food on the table yeah Especially now that you have a daughter. Yeah, I have to, man. I mean, I love her to death, do anything for her, but I also want her to see that no matter what people have said to me, I'm still going to go and do what I want to do. And even though nobody's pushing me or helping me or anything, I'm just doing it to say, hey, dad, dad can chase his dream, so can you. And I, I would say I'm very much an introvert. I'm a hermit by choice. Like, I'll go to bomb hours later tonight. I'll, I might make for a late night for me, but I'll go yeah. because of the lovebirds. Yeah. But I'm very much an introvert, so I like my alone time. You know this. You've tried to invite me to stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's not a personal thing towards you. I get other people invite me to stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm booked. Booked. The couch has my name on it. Yeah, the the couch or that recliner, or I kind of want to read this book or watch this thing. Yeah, I got to do yoga. I'm going to go shopping, get some stretchy jeans. Another V-neck shirt. And we'll listen to a podcast and, you know. But that's not, I don't feel lonely in those moments. I actually feel refreshed after doing that. It's almost like, it's not like meditation, like "Mm, sit cross-legged. But if I can have some alone time, listen to something I've been wanting to listen to, and kind of just accomplish some basic task, I feel refreshed after that. Where I often feel lonely, and it's counterintuitive, and the loneliest I've felt in my life is when I've been in a room full of people, and it's like a party or something. And I feel very lonely there. And I don't feel that as much anymore today, um, but to be I didn't think I was going to bring this up tonight, but when my mom passed, I mean, there are people who had their mother's uh, pass and they were talking to me about it, and I felt some kinship there. And people obviously would care and reach out. Uh, but you feel very, very lonely in that moment. Even like with my own brother and family members, we would obviously talk and say, how you doing? But each person has to process something like that on their own. And... Even when I'd get out of my shell and I'd go see other people and hang out, that's the worst feeling. Like, everybody around you seems to be having fun. Now, it might be somebody else in the crowd feels lonely, too. And everybody's insecure, and that's the secret of life. Everybody kind of has this existential dread that am I, for whatever reason, they have an insecurity. Rarely is somebody, like, having all their stuff together. 
but that's a terrible feeling where you're seeing all these people supposedly having fun in the moment and you're kind of stuck in your own head. And it's supposedly because they, I mean, it's just a, it's a fake thing. I mean, it's like why I quit drinking. Well, I can't fake it anymore. Yeah. I don't fake. I've chosen, chosen, that's one way to say that, not to fake it anymore. Um, I don't either. I mean, I'm going to go out and have a good time. You know. Well, and you've brought this up before that you don't drink anymore. Mm. And this might be personal. If you don't want to get into it, you don't have to. But what kind of was that? Was there a light bulb moment or was it more a slow process? What made you decide? Because you still go out. I'll, I'll see. I look at the comedy club. There are people drinking and having a good time and doing whatever. But was there something that made you decide this is not how I want to live my life? Well, I mean, during the 20s, everybody's like, hey, you're supposed to drink and you're supposed to have a good time, you know? And I, that's what I was doing. I was out working and I was drinking and I was having a good time. And, I mean, it hurt me, you know, afterwards. The next day I always had a hangover, but I did it. And, I mean, it was a learning experience. I met a lot of people. I went through a lot of experience and it was cool, you know? But then once I hit about 30, things started slowing down, you know? And, uh, Physically, mentally, both? Uh, mentally, you mentally, know, because okay. well, once I hit about 30, my head started slowing down, and I was like, ah. Oh. And then I would still drink a little bit, but it would hurt me a little bit more. And then I uh, uh, well, I got pregnant. And then once I got pregnant, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then it was just like, a, well, I'm too busy, you know. And then it was like, all right, well, I haven't had a drink a few while. I got, I got my little baby, but I have somebody who's going to take care of her so I can go out and do something. And when I go out and do something, it's like, ah, you know. And I would still have some drinks, but I would hurt for two or three days. Well, then I, I separated with baby mama, and then I get baby girl every other day. And I don't want to be hungover for her ever, because when you're hungover, you don't feel good. And when you have a kid and you're hungover, you don't want, you're not nice to him. You know, you don't right. give him the best. Right. And I mean, me not drinking is good, because people are like, hey, when'd you quit drinking? I didn't quit. I just stopped. Right. I just stopped in August for some reason, and I just, I mean, and there's no reason to go back to that, you know? So it, it didn't seem, doesn't seem like it was this, because I've talked to a lot of different alcoholics, and people have dealt with it differently. In my own personal case, I used to drink a lot to where some people would classify it as alcoholism. I'd never felt like I had to drink. It was around me. And I wasn't necessarily happy, but because it was around me, it's like, well, I am going to put this Jameson in my coffee on a Saturday morning, and that's the beginning of the day. Uh And I'm not getting out of the robe. And, I mean, for me, it was like Lay's, you know? I couldn't just have one. Right. Oh, I don't want one. I want 12, 24, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. The binge drink. Yeah, just couldn't stop. For me, that started in college, but that was like what people did. Mm Mm-hmm. And I and also I think I have an allergy, so I'd pass out, and make a fool of myself, or just be a blithering idiot. It's not allergies; it's being skinny. Uh, you your skinny dude hanging with fat guys, trying hey. to drink with them. You're going down, hey, man. But the freshman fifteen was more like thirty for me, <laughs> so I put on a little bit of body fat. Uh, I'm, I'm saying you're still a little little dude, you know. I am. A, I'm. A, I'm, I'm an average dude. Uh, average dude. I'm average. I'm skinny. Not small. I'm not tiny. Not big. I'm not huge. Right there in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right at the the middle of that bell curve, baby. But I'm glad I have. Things have changed, and I mean, I'm not who I used to be. And it took a minute for me to shove that down people's throats. 
Oh, because the pressure, they remember you as your old Everybody self. remembers me how I used to be, and I'm not like that. My mom, the people, my friends, uh, the, when I would go out, they would af- ask me. I mean, I'd walk into a bar, hey, you know, drinks, whoa, 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 stay away from me, give me a Diet Coke. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, right. Uh, it took a few months of pushing and telling them to leave me alone about it, and it finally sunk in, especially with my mom, because <laughs> she has her little drink. And I would sit there and talk to her, and I'm like, Mom, I'm not going to. And then after about right. two or three weeks of me going over there and hanging out with her, she would have me some cool Kool-Aid or some Coke or something, you know. Yeah, well, and people get in those grooves. Uh, That's where I feel for, like, really bad addicts. Like, you can go to rehab, and it can be a fantastic experience. Withdrawals probably aren't fun, given the drug. But you can be in that environment where everything's controlled. It's that leaving rehab, and you're kind of either in the halfway house or you're actually back out into the real world and all the different triggers, actual triggers start to approach you and present themselves and you got to say no yeah you got to be stronger than that i mean like to teach you one day at a time and that's really what it is you get in this sort of vicious cycle and i think especially a lot of people who and i've seen it in the radio business like uh and i'm not talking about anybody here but i've seen like eric erickson he's a guy who criticized trump a lot um, but I remember when he would be on years ago on some of the cable news networks, and then a few years later, I'm like, Eric's getting a little punchy. <laughs> well, because we sit on our butts all day. Uh-huh. And it's not like a, oh, you don't look good thing. I think fat people are fine, skinny yeah. people are fine. It's more, because are you healthy? Do you feel good? And for me, the big change is, and what I had to realize is, I always thought, oh, I'm just really using my mind for my job. I'm not using my body, but I've learned that if you improve your body, if you, you don't have to be a, a freaking underwear model, but if you feel good and do things that make the, your physiology work well, you start to think clearer and you're able to perform better on the radio. On the radio. <laughs> That's what she said, right? <laughs> yes. Well, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. love. We got to hit a quick break. Thanks for sharing, man. Oh, no problem, man. I don't know if I'll ever find love, though. I don't know if I will either, but I'm, well, I'm open Not for in it. this crazy world of social media and partisan divides. Tender. Tender? God. Just but there are stretchy jeans. Yeah, and pigtails. <laughs> I like those pigtails. That girl sits behind you. She's going to tug at him one day. She'll tug at him one day, even if she has daddy issues. Joey Clark. Clark. Oh, welcome back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Now, um, Betsy from, um, you know, the, what's the place? Um, anyway, somebody named Betsy messaged me. I can't remember where she's from. Forgetful. What music do you listen to when you work at a yoga? <laughs> chocolate, baby. Is it a miracle that you can touch your toes? I can touch my toes. Man, it'd be a miracle if I could touch my toes. No, I can. And do I have to do another pose here? Dude, do it. Right I'll, okay. Right. Betsy. Now, this is the one that's going to be tough. All right. 
Let's move right. the chair back. I'm just getting oh. used. Okay, let's, let's do this. He's about to put his foot over his head. No, not over my head, but you pull it Look out. at that. Wow. He's on one leg, holding his foot out with his other arm. That one's that. still a little tough. That, yeah. Way to go, man. Yeah, my butt's sore from doing that workout earlier today. That is, yes, I get that too. And honestly, um, again, I just have to be honest. With you. There's, there's no Betsy. She didn't... Um, <laughs> I just I just made that up. I just made that up. But let's go to the phones. Two seven two nine two two eight and let's talk to Debbie. Hey Debbie, how are you? Hi, Joey. I'm doing good. And um I'm sorry, I don't know the name of your friend that's there. Forgive Seth. Me. He's on all the time, Debbie. Hey Debbie. I know, and I'm horrible with names. Hey. I am too. I am too. Please forgive me, but I wanted to tell you guys, I also stopped drinking, and you know why? Because I don't know enough to behave. I got up on a bar in a miniskirt and was dancing the coyote dance, and I, without the boots. Last no. week. Hey, let me, let me ask you this, especially with uh, what happened last year with the Me Too stuff. Did you ever... Uh, cop a feel on any dudes coming out with some va voom energy there? Did you ever... Uh... No, but I did think about it a okay. couple of times, Aww. especially when they had those male uh, strippers at the um, National Ooh. Showcase when I worked there. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and the Chippendales weren't... They were the better looking ones, but they weren't the ones that were fun. It was the other group. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but no, what I was going to say is, you know, you talking about yoga. The first time I did yoga, mm-hmm. we were in a class. It was for my... Uh, well, when I was taking massage therapy courses, it was part of that. And I want to tell you, the first day, they said, don't go past your uh, comfort zone. Well, mm-hmm. I did. I was pushing it, thinking I was going to do everything everybody else was doing. Oh, the next day, the whole class was coming in limping. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I believe it. You, it's tough. You use muscles. Oh, my goodness. You just don't realize yeah, how many muscles, muscles. Muscles you didn't know you had. It's like, is is the top of my foot cramping? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's not the bottom that, you know, if you're dehydrated. It's like the top of my foot is cramping. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, but it is wonderful. Once you get into the routine, I haven't done it in a while, I'll be honest with you. But when I did, it was wonderful. And I should do it again. But um, another thing I was going to address, you're talking about how you like that downtime. Yes. Well, you know, we all have to have that downtime to connect with ourselves, to kind of have that inner communing time to figure out who we really are and, and what we're about. That's me. I love to connect with myself. Yeah, you, you really do. Yeah. I think everybody should have that. Uh, um, that's a part of being a single mom I didn't have enough of. Hmm. But I would sneak off in a place, you know, at a park or wherever I could to try to get me a few uh, minutes here and there. Have a breath. And yeah. it, oh, my gosh. And it was a healing thing. I mean, it, it was so, so important for me. So I can understand it totally. And you're smart to figure it out young and not be like, you know, in the middle of your life thinking, well, you know, I have no idea what I'm about because you right. didn't take the time to figure it out. Right. Well, I, I'm glad I'm figuring it out now. Who knows? I might, you know, go crazy one day. Oh, no. No, people, that's what amazes me, Debbie. People will, like, get their stuff together. I want to say the other thing. Get their stuff together for decades. And then yeah. the, the so-called midlife crisis. That stuff happens. Uh-huh. They just they well, you say know to what hell they with say it. About- Right. You know what they say about uh, being crazy? You know, are you suffering from insanity? No, I'm enjoying it. 
It's okay. (laughs) But um, another thing you were saying, and I'm just going to hit this real quick, is about how judgmental people tend to be, assuming that um, things are the way they see it only because they're idiosyncrat. Everybody has that, you know, tendency to be, you know, it's yeah. it's all in my viewpoint. You know, nobody nobody else's viewpoint counts. It's how I think about things that are important. Well, yeah, it is important for you, but it's also important to kind of, you know, let that down just enough to see what everybody else's viewpoint is because they may have a point too. Just because yeah. you may be right doesn't mean they can't be right. Well, no, and also for, I, I'll mention this because we're about to go to bomb hours and celebrate the right. engagement of uh, Emily Yay. and Eric, the two E's, yes. E squared. Uh, like I look at marriage, and I've seen healthy marriages and good ones that have survived the years through, and not everything. It's obviously marriage is not hunky dory all the time. It's not a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen, I've seen some pretty nasty. Uh, marriages, breakups right in front of me. And it, um, that's why I've kind of waited to jump into anything serious for something. You need to. You need to. It's soul deep, baby. And but if you don't I, feel it in your soul, don't do it. Yeah, but yeah, you got it, that right. Though I feel that way about myself personally, I feel like Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing. Because there's a huge Shakespeare audience in this listening audience. <laughs> um, that, you know, I'll never get married. And uh, yeah, never of course, never. yeah. But you see, I love that play because he starts off saying, "I'll never get married." There's a girl, Beatrice, who says, "I'll never get married." They both have the sharpest wits. They insult each other for half the play, and they fall in love. Yeah. Like the, the whole yeah. rest of people set them up. So right. I am a bit of a hopeless romantic, but I I don't know. But just because I feel that way about marriage, I look at like E squared here, and I'm like, I wow. it's amazing. I hope that it goes on for years and years and years till death do them part and they have lots of sex and babies and enjoy. Yeah. Well, my mother and father, my mother was 15. She saw my father through a plate glass window at his job and fell in love instantly and told her best friend she was going to marry that man. Mm. And her best friend happened to work for that man and he was my father. And he set her up, and sure enough, they got married by the time she was 16. Now, back then, it wasn't a dirty thing, okay? It's not like today everybody says, oh, God, you know. No, it was it was fine back then. Mm-hmm. And they stayed married until she died two years ago. Oh, man. And so I seen them go through ups and downs. It wasn't always easy street. It was not always perfect, but they loved them. They, they loved each other so much. Everybody could see it. It was just one of those things that would draw everybody in. And everybody that I ever knew was always saying, oh, they're such a beautiful couple. And it wasn't their looks. It was because they were so much in love with each other. There you go. When you find something that special, don't, you know, ignore it. And don't say, oh, it can't happen. Just say, God, thank you. Joey, if you believe in God, just say God. No, thank you. Stop it. Yeah, no? at the gas station. <laughs> well, Debbie, <laughs> cappuccino. Thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate you, you listening. You have a too. good day, guys. You too. Uh, getting cappuccino. You're going to be getting cappuccino. I don't drink at the ca- gas station. I don't drink cappuccino. Let alone what do you buy from the gas station? I don't buy anything from the gas. Next station. Next time you go in there, you're going to be in there doing something, paying the clerk, and you're going to hear that bell ding. Mm. You're going to turn around. She's going to walk in. 
I did have a moment last night. Leaving. And you better not punk out. No, but I did have a moment last night leaving the freshest of markets. Ooh. This is very much a dude moment. Okay. Walked in. As I'm literally walking out, a very attractive woman, but I'm not, I didn't get a good look at her. Out of the corner of my eye walks in, blonde, wearing like yoga outfits, workout clothes. Mm. Skin tight. Isn't that what the Ohio players say? Skin <laughs> tight. Skin tight. I don't have the slap mm. bass, but it'd be better with that. Um, but I, I turned back to look, but I didn't, I didn't look down at the derriere. I did the, like, just the turn around. She turned and looked, too. Oh. And I'm wondering, did she do it like going, oh, is this dude going to check me out? Mm. Or is she checking me out? Yeah. But we were just two ships passing in the night or two people passing at the entrance of the freshest of markets. The next time you see her. I probably won't recognize her. Yeah, you will. No, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. I don't think, it, I don't think it's going to happen. I heard yoga pants are addictive. Once they start wearing them, they never stop. So yeah. Just look for them. Yeah, I suppose. I, I don't know. You can't... You gotta use your brain in these matters. Yep. Not too much. Don't overthink it, but... There's nothing wrong with going and saying hi. That's true. You know. Unless she's crazy. Well, they're all kind of... Well, maybe I'm crazy. Oh, you're crazy. You were about you're to say cra- they're not. all kind of crazy. But you gotta... Okay. You were about well, to say it, it and you know that's not true. <laughs> this is what it is. All right? Everybody's got snakes in their head, okay? You just got to find the one that got the snakes in the head you get along with. Okay, sure. I agree with that. And then... Fall in love with the right type of crazy. Somebody witty, smart, that can fight back. Yeah. You know? And then you fall in love. Like that play you were talking about. Yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. They pick on each other, and then boom, it hits off. See, I kind of want somebody to give me hell. Yeah. I I like like being, um, having my... uh, my stone's busted. You got to. Yeah. Got to not literally, back. but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah like some jabs here or there. Mm-hmm. But then the sad thing is, like, somebody will give me jabs. I'm like, they're trying. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no, you made me cry. No, it's like that jab. That was like a glancing blow. Yeah. Like, you got to have somebody that's on the same level, and they have the same wit. Well, let me ask you this. I heard a book by a, a biologist. He said there's a difference... Between, and I've brought this up before, I want your take on it. Between hot and beautiful. Personality. Is it just personality? But I think you could show, like, photos, especially to men. And I think women get this, too. Like, somebody be, can, can be, like, hot. They meet the certain standards of the time or whatever it is. And then somebody is beautiful. Now, they can be both hot and beautiful. Um... Would you say that, like, there are girls you have met, women you've met, who you're like, oh, she's hot, but then you get to know her, and it's like, she doesn't seem that beautiful to me. Kind of got the personality of Lent. Yeah, the personality could do it. Yeah, well, I mean, if they got no personality, then, I mean, it just, she's hot, but beautiful is hot and personality. Hot is just hot. Hot is what you see. Beautiful is what you see on the inside. But is it just what you see? Say you don't get a chance to talk to them. You're just shown photos. This is an actual experiment. I think this biologist did. Uh, I guess more homely is beautiful, maybe. Well, but and here's the point he made, is that you could see, say, a woman who's a little bit older, 70s or 80s, and go, not saying, oh, she used to be. Like, look at her now. And though, obviously, like, if you're a 20-something, 30-something-year-old guy, you're not 
looking for to hook up with 70 year olds um, unless you're up to something really weird um, like gold digger <laughs> um, but you could still look and say somebody you know a generation or two older than you go that's a beautiful person mm-hmm. she is beautiful Whereas you probably aren't going to go, oh, grandma's hot. Yeah, uh-huh. And that's the difference. Another example to me is Stormy Daniels. She's hot. Like She's got the makeup. She's got the augmentations, these sort of things. <laughs> but I don't find her that beautiful. It's not uh-huh. like a judgment. Like it, it is a judgment, but I'm not, it doesn't lessen her value as a person by any means. I'm just talking about by these categories, that's how I see her. She's hot for the two pounds of makeup. <laughs> She's beautiful for the two pounds of makeup when it's not there. Yeah. It's like, how are you doing? Eleven? Man, it's been a crazy week. I started off the show, uh, two shows with 84. Oh, wow. Good luck. Yeah, we really got talking about, oh, he's got that (laughs) jort hotness going on, yeah. He's got that country boy look. Uh, He, I don't know, he asked me, he does that question thing, and he asked me, if you're an atheist, where does your moral sense come from? Where's your foundation? So it was a pretty heavy show. It was like, this has to be a two-night discussion. It's now up on SoundCloud, folks. Search the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I got to make a website. I got to make this happen soon. And I, I don't know, I've been doing all this soul searching because I'm figuring myself out, but I've been tasked to talk to kids, children, you now four young adults um, in June about what, the way they pose is what would you tell your younger self about getting into the radio business and being successful in it? I'm like, wait, I am? <laughs> yes, you are. I don't know about that. You are the Joey. No, I'm stopping. I don't need any articles. The Joey. No, stop it. Joe said. And when I say stop it, I mean keep going. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going well. It's going well. You'll do good with the kids, man. They'll love you. I think it'll go well. You do good with me. I'm on the same level. No, you're not. Eh? You're 30. I know. You're almost a man. <laughs> Seth, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thank you, man. Good conversation. Thank you very much. We're going over to Bomb House. Rock on. Folks, um... Go over to Bomb Hours. We got to celebrate this engagement. We're celebrating Woo! love. Mm. These two sexy beasts. E squared. Skin tight. <laughs> Skin tight. So she came along.